Well, grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. On Saturday, October 22nd in 2016, I had the privilege to preach at the ordination service of Pastor Jody Keith, which took place in this sanctuary. Jody had been called to serve at St. Peter Lutheran Church in Trenton, Ohio, and she was ready to get her ministry started. So on that day, I, so I preached, I reminded Jody <clears throat> that her call to ministry began in the waters of baptism when she was just a child and she was called to be the ch a child of God and she was marked with that cross of Christ forever. In baptism, I reminded her that God had given her particular gifts for ministry in the world. And she had been using those gifts throughout her whole lifetime, but now she was being called to use those gifts in a particular way, and that was in ordained ministry. In that same sermon, I also reminded her that one of the main things a pastor does is to help congregational members discover the specific ways they're called to follow Jesus. They help members become aware of how their actions can reflect the love of Jesus by what they say and do <clears throat> every day. And then I went on to share a story I had heard from a woman on a retreat who had been trapped under a small car following an accident she was in. <clears throat> and another car had stopped to help her while the car that was involved in the accident sped off. And so the people got out of the car and they said, we'll go get help. But she says she had that Holy Spirit moment <clears throat> and said to them, I think you are the help. And with that, those folks were able to help kind of move the car off of her so she was no longer trapped under it. <clears throat> I shared that story to say that sometimes the role of the pastors is to remind the members they are the help. But I mean that in the best way, you know, the hands and feet of Jesus out there in the world. But in that same sermon, I also preached about the fact that following Jesus, being a disciple of Jesus, can be very hard, too. Let's face it. No one can prepare a pastor for the fact they may be called to preach at a funeral equal in age to their own child. And let's face it, no one can prepare a pastor for the fact they may be called to preside at eight funerals in eight weeks. And let's face it, no one can have predicted or prepared a pastor to lead a congregation during a worldwide pandemic. It just wasn't in our mindsets. We would even consider that or even thought about that while we were in seminary. I look at Alex as I say that. And let's face it, no one can prepare a pastor for the unexpected things that will sometime take place in ministry for which they have no control. Ministry can be hard. But you already know that because being a disciple of Jesus can be hard too. And have you noticed that as you have participated in the life of the church, as you have been out there in the world, 
that sometimes it's hard to follow Jesus. Have you noticed that as you have participated in the life of Good Shepherd? Well, this is what particularly struck me as I read the lessons assigned for today from Jeremiah and Matthew. They seem to indicate that it will not always be easy as we follow Jesus and as we pursue God's vision for the world as followers of Christ. In the passage from Jeremiah, we read how Jeremiah's friends make fun of him because of what he said about God. They just don't believe it, so they're making fun of him. And we know he's thrown into prison for the same reason by the authorities. They don't want to hear what he's got to say. And in the Gospel of Matthew, we're even told today, even as we're sent out for the good, with the good news, there will be challenges to us as we follow Jesus. And there will be crosses to bear. Today's Gospel, you might say, reads as a kind of commencement address as the follower of Jesus graduate from just being students and disciples, and they now are becoming apostles. They're being the ones who are sent out on the mission of God. And this lesson from Matthew is preparing the disciples for the hard things that may and will happen along the way. And the other thing that this passage brings up is this fact. In Jewish culture at that time, Family was everything. You wanted to have your connections to your family, and you didn't want to bring shame on your family. Family was everything. So that's why that last part of today's gospel lesson is so unsettling. Jesus says, don't think that I've come to bring peace to the earth. I've, come to, I've not come to bring peace but a sword. And then the message goes on, or the passage goes on to talk about the disruptions in the family. And in some ways, at least for me, it seems like that saying is so wrong as I hear it. I think it's hard. But that's what happens when we sometimes tell the truth. That's what happens when the truth is let loose. And Jesus, at his best, is saying this can happen. And he's not sugarcoating it. He's not trying to make it all nice and sweet. But he's saying it can happen. Because when you stand up and speak out for what you believe God is calling to you to do, people start falling away, or can start falling away. Believing in God and believing in Jesus, and believing in what Jesus says and what Jesus stands for, <clears throat> and then admitting it, is a risky business. Relationships will change. Sometimes relationships will end. And that is in part what Jesus is saying to his disciples. There is a cost in following Christ. When you stand up for what you believe, nothing will be the same ever again. And in today's vernacular, anticipate being unfriended, anticipate being unfollowed. Well, right now, I don't think it's um, too hard a thing to admit or understand. There is a lot of division in our country over politics and economics, social, racial, ethnic issues, etc., etc., etc. The fabric in our society in some ways has been torn asunder. And this is even true as we think about our own community and maybe our own families. 
We know, we have heard, we maybe know that some families can't celebrate holidays together. They do it at different times owing to division. And some of these divisions just result because families understand Jesus in different ways. Sometimes it exists because one person in the family hears the word of God and interprets it in one way and another person interprets it in another way. And it happens, and so people go off and they maybe, as you might say, follow a different drummer as they live out their faith in Christ. And oftentimes, I think generations disagree on matters of faith, and maybe you have seen that happen in your family because of, uh, they just do. So sometimes I think our youth are ahead of, I think youth can be ahead of me as con- around concerns for the environment. And youth can be ahead of me sometimes in how we treat other people and what, who, to whom we are responsible. And you know those different issues that come up. There's issues, um, there's discussion around issues of human sexuality. All these things can cause stress and division amongst communities, amongst families, and even in churches. So we try to heed this command to follow Christ and live faithfully And we try to do that even in the midst of tensions and uncertainties among our loved ones. And the sword which Jesus talks about that will divide us, that he mentions in today's gospel, sometimes it seems very real. I wonder if you remember the musical Hairspray or the movie Hairspray. Did you see it? In that movie, the main character is Tracy Turnblad. And she is the laughing stock of many. For you see, Tracy's convictions on desegregation and music in 1962 Baltimore challenged her family and friends and community. And despite pushback, Tracy continues to engage and challenge and speak up for what she believes. Her challenge to segregation and refusal to back down from her convictions seem to have a prophetic courage, if you will. And it's what Jesus is talking about in the gospel where we're called to bring to light that which was in darkness. So here's what I'm wondering. If you can recall a relationship, a friendship that has been altered because you follow Jesus. Maybe that's happened because of sharing what you believe, what you stand up for because of your faith. Maybe that's happened because you do interpret scripture differently and then you choose to live that out in a particular way. And maybe that's happened because a person whom you, for whom you have advocated that others think they don't deserve that. Well, I know the stress of these divisions have happened in my life in very real ways. For example, I'm going to point to Steve. Steve and I have not always seen eye to eye on theological concerns and how those might be implemented and and how they might be lived out. Sometimes one of us is advocating for a more radical way to follow Jesus than the other. So as you might expect... Some discussions have taken place over the dinner table, and, and we share our reasons and why we think this is the best way to follow Jesus in this particular way, in this particular moment, but we haven't always agreed. And that's been hard because we love each other, we care for each other, and we also know 
that we both really want to follow Jesus and we think Jesus' concerns for the world are pretty important. So that's been an interesting place to be. Sorry, honey. <laughs> I did warn him. I did warn him. And here's another example. Steve and I have good friends where we have differences about how we follow Jesus. And that's produced some, atten- uh, some tension in that relationship because we believe Jesus is calling us to have, some, um, to have a radical inclusivity amongst those who are invited to be a part of the body of Christ. And we believe that God's peace expects justice and God's peace demands value and regard for all. And there's this difference between us and our friends. But here's the thing I think that keeps us going in that relationship. We know God's unconditional love for them and us is bigger than all of that. We know that. And that lets us move forward. It lets us remain friends. And it lets us share our love of Jesus and also be on mission in the world. We're both trying to do that. We just kind of see that happening in different ways. So what do we do knowing all this? What do we do knowing that life as a disciple, a follower of Jesus can be hard and can cause tension in relationships and friendships? Well, here's what I wish. I wish I had the perfect answer. And I wish I had a formula to give you, but I don't. I don't. I just have some ideas, I think, about what might be helpful. I think that we, one of the things I think we're called to do is to go forward in faith, trusting in God's spirit to guide us. I think we're called to respect those with whom we differ, remembering that they are children of God too. I think we go forward in faith, constantly turning our ear towards God and God's word, listening deeply, praying fervently, as we step out in faith. I think we are called to go forward continually, engaging with God's concerns, which which will help heal our broken world. But I also think we do one more thing, and that is, as the gospel lesson says, we do not fear, because God has counted the number of hairs on our heads. God knows how many hairs are on our heads. 100,000 plus, maybe a little less for some, but God knows the number of hairs on our heads. And isn't that a beautiful reminder that God cares about each of us? Even as we answer this call to try to figure out what is the absolute best way to love and live like Jesus. Isn't that a wonderful reminder. So if this gospel lesson seems extremely difficult, I wanted to end by sharing the words from the prophet Isaiah, who reminds us of this about God. Do not fear, the prophet said as he wrote about God. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through waters, I will be with you. And through rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, nor the flame shall consume you. For I am the Lord your God. Fear not, I am with you. 
we do not need to fear as we follow Jesus in a very bold and brave way. We do not need to fear because our God walks with us. Amen.